Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if you believe in telekinesis, raise my hand. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. What could possibly go wrong? Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather realised this week that when people say it's always in the last place you look, of course it is. Why would you keep looking? After you've found it. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> we also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim realised this week that you can lose your taste when you eat a lot of spicy food. She then listened to a Britney Spears album after eating in the local Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. And finally on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras than leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He's also a sound engineer and producer. Greg realised this week that he would rather see a pregnant woman standing on a bus than a fat girl sitting down crying. 
Welcome to the show, Greg. <laughs> you know, we are Series Good 2, time. Episode 48. The international dialing code of 48, if you dial that, will put you straight through to Poland. It was very sad news last year when the Polish hockey team all drowned during their spring training session. <laughs> My friend from Warsaw thought his girlfriend was trying to kill him because he saw a bottle of polish remover on her dressing table. Oh, no. True story, I tell you. Very true. In Chinese numerology, 48 is a number connected to prosperity and financial reward. Arizona is the 48th state. Zona Arida, arid desert. A guy from Arizona died this week from drinking milk when the cow fell on him. I have some very interesting facts about February. We are now embracing the month of February. Did you know February's birthstone is amethyst? Sure. Well, you can say that now. You're not getting any points for that. <laughs> amethyst, of course, is very good as a stone, as a crystal for improving your psychic skills. If you hold an amethyst in your hand, you will be opening up your third eye. So if you want to improve your psychic skills, if you wish to have your third eye opened, an amethyst would be the way to go. February, of course, can be an entire month without a full moon. 2018. Really? Yep, 2018 will be the next time there will not be a single full moon in the entire month of February. It's leap year this month, isn't it? It is. I'm glad you mentioned that. Did you know in a leap year, it's the only month that will end and begin on the same day? So if it starts on a Wednesday, it will end on a Wednesday. See how oh. we're working? Now... On Monday, Monday is the 8th, 8th of February, next week, sees the anniversary of one of the strangest events in English history. Have you ever heard? This was February the 8th, 1855. Just imagine the scene. We're in southern Devon, in the bottom left-hand corner by the Atlantic there, southern Devon. Okay. Fishing villages, 1855. A layer of snow, crisply, falls on the land. They wake up on the 8th of February... 1855 to find cloven hooths two of them not four walking around the entire village all over the rooftops all around the building a very very famous incident have you ever read about that no For, no if it's it's online if people wish to see this this was a very strange event in british history in terms of the paranormal just a pair of cloven hooths were all over that village all over the roof all over the buildings in the snow that's Krampus. People, what, in February, <laughs> running a bit late. Once I did Germany and Austria, I'm a couple of months late. I thought I'd get out there at Christmas. Very interesting. They believe it was the devil's work, of course, running sure. across those rooftops. A very, very famous incident. And, of course, people were rushing from London on steam trains down there to southern Devon just to see that before the snow melted. Were there reports of hearing them on the rooftops? No, not to, not to my knowledge. Of course, not much was documented back in 1855, but they, I don't think there was anything to do with any audible sounds. People woke up and just saw that. I don't know what kind of cloven animal that's only got two feet would be able to get across rooftops and various things, but the entire village was covered in these strange markings, these footprints. Mm. Very odd, very bizarre. The anniversary of that is on... Monday. Now, Sunday, day before, is the 7th, of course. That is Charles Dickens' birthday. <laughs> he was born in 1812. We're not going to tell that story again. 
I need to say Britain needs to get its finger out. The UK, the United Kingdom. But we do need to get our finger out in Britain. I was looking at the statistics for last week's show. Again, amazing. We listen to many, many countries. 120 countries listen to our show. 17,000 hits on all of our archives. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Britain at the moment is being beaten. Yes, they are. By Sweden, Japan, Canada and the United States. Now, the United States, here I am, I'm doing this show in America. I'm surrounded by Americans. It's no surprise to me. We're on an American digital radio network. It's no surprise. There's 240 million people living in America. So that comes as no surprise. That's expected to be Mm -hmm. top of the list. Britain, where are you? I don't know. Is it because it's late in the evening? They need to get their finger out. I do know people in Britain do listen. Martin would be one of them and Sarah and a few other people. So I want to say hi to them. But we need to listen to more of the shows. We're big in Japan. We are. When you're big in Japan tonight, <laughs> there should be a song about that. <laughs> there we go. Alphaville, if anybody's interested. Yeah, that's stretching your memory, isn't it? Alphaville. <laughs> German. There's nothing better, is there, than 1980s German pop music. That's right. There's a long and extensive list of that. Sweden, Japan and Canada are beating the United Kingdom at the yes, moment. Yes, they are. Um, of course, Japan and Sweden, it's not their first language. Remarkable. More people are listening in Japan and Sweden than the UK. Come on, UK. We need to get our finger out. You can access the show on Facebook. We mentioned this before. If you go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Everything is there for your perusal. All of tonight's stories are much, much more. All the photographs, the videos, everything is on there for you. We have a Twitter account that's slowly building. I think we're now on 74 and a half thousand followers if you go to twitter you can go to adrian underscore lee underscore tips that's t-i-p-s and that stands for the international paranormal society so adrian underscore lee underscore tips on youtube we also have a channel more questions and answers with adrian lee and we have some very very funny outtakes on there for you to laugh at but soundcloud if you wish to access soundcloud.com you can visit all of our archives for the last three years and all the shows are on there for you as well. So if you go to soundcloud.com, search for MQTA Radio and everything's available for you on there. We're also on iTunes. What else are we on? Stitcher? Mm-hmm. What have I missed? Every platform. Wherever you so, go, yeah. you will find us. I'll also want to mention that my book, Mysterious Minnesota, Digging Up the Ghostly Past at 13 Haunted Sites, is also available in Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. We sprint into the first round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings with Parity. Everyone is currently on zero and raring to go. I have a story that says, is this the ghost of a moody teenager active in a community centre? How often do you get the word teenager and community in the same sentence? Not very. That's a rarity. Ghost hunter Clem Dalloway thinks it might be after capturing this spooky footage at a community hall. Taken inside a function room at Abbeydale Community Centre in Redditch, Worcestershire, the short clip appears to show an invisible spectre causing minor havoc. I like the word minor havoc. Havoc is a sense of everything being pandemonium and things Mm -hmm. going badly wrong. Minor havoc. That's like saying like a minor amputation. It's, not, it's like an oxymoron, isn't it? Slightly pregnant would yes. be another example. Yes. Minor, it. only minor havoc, not major havoc. Could be dwarves. A little bit. <laughs> Can we, it's midget havoc. Havoc caused by dwarves and midgets. 
If anyone wants to write, that's Heather Morris. <laughs> it says a door is slammed, a chair is pushed, and then it leaves dirty laundry on the floor and plates and cups in the sink. I made that bit up. That's not true. And finally, the camera itself is knocked to the ground. Mr. Dalloway, 40, who runs the popular Ghosts of Redditch website, said, if it is a ghost, it's in a bit of a huff. The video looks like it's slammed through the door. It's hit the chair or it scrapes it back and then gets camera shy and knocks the camera over. It's almost like a stroppy teenager. Mr. Dalloway set up the camera after staff and customers at the community hall reported strange goings on, including broken furniture and belongings going missing. Can you believe you run a community centre for teenagers and they find broken furniture and belongings going missing? <laughs> That's crazy. That's madness, isn't it? That's got to be Don't paranormal. He said, all I know is that customers and members of staff have heard bangs no jokes, <laughs> footsteps and the same door opening and shutting. There have been a few reports of people hearing bangs in the club, including members of staff. I put the camera in the main function room and really didn't expect to capture anything. But I went in the very next day and it was lying on the floor, he continued. I thought it must have fallen over by itself. But when I looked through the footage moments before, the camera went over and then the door opened and a chair moved poltergeist activity of a teenager since the community hall clip was uploaded onto mr dalloway's facebook pages attracted more than nine thousand hits and if you wish to see the stroppy teenager knocking over furniture dragging chairs along and knocking the camera over again you can go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee i wonder if he wanted help with his homework Imagine if you had a teenage ghost. They don't do homework. I would imagine. Can you imagine? I want to write a book that says I built a science lava volcano with a ghost by Adrian Lee. You could do science <laughs> science projects with dead teenagers. This is the way to go. Where's your mind going? I'm going to build a lava volcano with the deceased. Great. Fun for all the family. I'm off to a fabulous and rounded start with a nice little duck. On number two. two. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I have supernatural dolls. Supernatural dolls? Yes. Is this where we are? Be excited. You normally have super. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> what was the joke we made? <laughs> What's this we? I didn't make any joke. I'll come to it in a minute. You carry on. It's funny All when it gets right. to me. <laughs> I have supernatural dolls become welcome aboard Thai planes with a child ticket. <laughs> nice. Adult supervision. <laughs> oh, that's it. You're so bad. You've had adult supervision. You're going to love where it's at, too. Oh, it's in Britain. No, it's Bangkok. Bangkok. Yes, in Bangkok. Confucius say, man who goes for hair puts the No, no, okay. no. <laughs> A Thai airline will allow passengers to purchase seats for lifelike dolls that their owners treat as real children due to their belief that they possess supernatural powers. So hang on a second. They're carrying mm -hmm. a doll around with them. Yes, they are. It's a child mm -hmm. that they believe has supernatural powers. Absolutely. Haven't we got a doll called Brian that has this going on? Yes, we do. Is this what this is? It's Brian. It's Brian. Brian. <laughs> Brian, do we need to explain who Brian is, or are you going to carry on with that? You go on with the Brian. I can't remember what he is. He's a Kuman Thung. Kuman Thung, yeah. Yes. In in Oriental Asian culture, especially in Thailand, 
if a baby dies before it has a chance to kind of get to maturity, I guess, or as you know, if it only has a couple of weeks on this planet and then becomes deceased, what the Buddhist monks do is they do some sort of spell where they use dirt from a graveyard and leaves from a graveyard and they put the spirit of the child mm -hmm. into the model, yes, the uh, effigy of a child or a baby, yes. so the spirit can live on and have a few years. Right. It's actually a good thing. It's not meant to be a bad it's, thing. No. It's extending yep. the spirit life of a child that got taken too soon. Thai Smile Airways, which is part of a national carrier, Thai Airways, said in an international memo that dolls with tickets will be served snacks and drinks, though they will be barred from sitting in the exit rows. Owners will take dolls on the plane without tickets, but they have to have them treated as carry-on luggage. Stick it under your arm. <laughs> Isn't that the way, though, that, you know, if you were a musician and you had your prized guitar with you. Or violin or yeah, something. Yeah, or cello, whatever. You do buy a seat and have it sat next to you. If you buy the seat, you can put on it what you want, right? Unless it's ticking, yep. of course, and obviously there's a problem. But you can put on it what you wish. Well, these dolls are known as Luke Thep or Child Angels. They have actually become increasingly popular in Thailand after several celebrities extolled their benefits. The dolls, which can sell for hundreds of dollars, are thought to possess the spirits of child angels, and their owners pamper them with brand-name clothes and accessories due to the belief that a well-cared-for doll will bring good fortune. They Brian! Offerings. <laughs> The memo from Thai Smile explains to the staff that the Luke Thump dolls can be treated like children because they have undergone a spiritualization process that breathes life into them. In addition to being barred from exit rows, though, the dolls must also buckle up during takeoff and landing. They can be treated like children basically means that you're going to lick your handkerchief and wipe their face with it, isn't it, is what's going to happen. Something like that, yeah. I'm going to get on my soapbox now. I'm going to have a rant. Oh, boy. It said child angels. Yes. You see where we're going with this yes. now, aren't you? You can't be an angel. No matter how righteous you are on planet Earth when you're alive, you cannot be an angel. They're, they're an alien being. They were created by God solely to be a messenger. The word angel is angelos. It means angel. Means Messenger. It's a messenger between God and man. The shepherds would be a good example of that with Gabriel, the Annunciation with Mary. You cannot attain to be an angel. When we die, we're not going to sprout wings and be an angel. We cannot be angels. They are created. Do you see where we're going with this? I do, but I'm not happy with you. Why is that? Because kids are supposed to be little angels. Little angel, little devils more like. <laughs> I'm not saying you haven't. I was a teacher for 15 years. I've still got scars if you want to see them. I'm not saying you don't have your deceased relatives with you because you have spirit guides. They're your spirit guides. You cannot attain the position of being an angel. It does not happen. You cannot be an angel. Maybe they mean angel in their good souls. So therefore... They call them an angel. They're angelic. Yeah. They have angelic qualities. And features. I'm happy to embrace that idea. They're yes. wearing white and they've sprouted wings. You should have <laughs> points wherever you go. I have a story that says woman's haunted dolls attack boyfriend in his sleep. Oh, dolls. Because they hate men. A, para <laughs> a paranormal enthusiast. At what point in the story? This points to be awarded here. You can click your fingers, make a noise, anything you want. At the moment... You suddenly realise this woman is mentally ill. Put your hand up and you shall get points. We'll see how far we get into the story. Now, you can put your arm down now. 
I'm not using telekinesis this early on. A paranormal enthusiast with a collection of 100-plus haunted dolls has told how some... Leave my bell alone! How dare you touch my he bell? Said, when you think she's nuts to do something, so I touched her bell. Anybody who owns 100 dolls... Oh, we're going straight on that, are we? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. If you want a bell to ring, you need to bring your own. You're not borrowing mine. This is my bell. You watch yourself. I just might someday. There. <laughs> we'll have bell wars live on it. That'll be fun for everyone listening, won't it? So I've not got any further in than the first sentence where it says a paranormal enthusiast with a collection of 100 haunted dolls. Ding. <laughs> Suddenly we're in the realm of mental illness. Pretty much. Okay. We've only got three. I can only apologise to anyone out there who owns more than 100 haunted dolls. Apparently you're mentally ill. Who knew? has told how some of them have become possessed and have attacked her boyfriend. Ding. <laughs> Ashley Nicole Fine, 24, has an entire room of her house dedicated to her extensive collection of spirited dolls. Ding. Which has taken 12 years to build up. Unfortunately, two of the dolls hate men and have attacked her boyfriend, Philip Baston, 25, in his sleep. She says the haunted dolls which have taken against Philip, I possessed by women who were murdered by their boyfriends. Previously, the dolls were kept in her bedroom, but when she started... Oh, wait. <laughs> I told you, do not touch my bell. She said the dolls, which are haunted, have taken against Philip and they're possessed by women who were murdered by their boyfriends. Previously, the dolls were kept in her bedroom, but when she started seeing Philip, he asked that they be moved. Difficult to do the business, isn't it, when there's like a hundred haunted, possessed dolls watching you. That's going to put you off, you know, rhythm and all sorts. Just uh -huh. saying, he's, you know, he's, he's got an idea there that he wants to remove them from the, from the room. <laughs> she agreed to do this, concerned they might lash out at night again. She said Philip was waking up with scratches that he didn't have when he went to bed. Maybe they were just frisky that night. He needs to get a collection of G.I. Joes to protect him in the night. Oh. <laughs> this is a joy. Can you imagine? She's got a haunted collection of dolls. There's over 100 Victorian creepy-looking dolls. He needs to get some G.I. Joes sat around the bed. In the middle of the night, can you imagine waking at three in the morning, opening one eye, and there's this pitch battle going on with bazookas and tanks and Victorian dolls and G.I. Joe just going at one another. It would be a joy, wouldn't it? It would be funny. The dark against the light. Le bien, la mal. They weren't huge ones, but they were little enough to cause concern. And I had to find out who was doing it. That's the scratches. Ashley said that she had a word with two of the dolls, Mirabella and her <laughs> friend, Setha, and said they told her they'd been acting out because they detest men and had both been killed by their lovers. I think now would be a really good time to bring up the mental illness loony card, wouldn't it, to be honest? She said Mirabella had been strangled by a jealous lover and she told me she was dumped in a lake. She says, despite the odds going on, if given the ultimate choice, her boyfriend or the dolls, the dolls would win every time. She said, I've had my girls way longer than I've had Philip. Yes, <laughs> but Philip's real. Guess who's leaving then? Philip's real. He needs to get out quick is what my advice would be. I love my dolls more than most things in life. He knows I would choose them first over anybody. Ashley of Leeds, Alabama, USA. Yay! Oh, just me then? Just you. Just me. Okay, I thought that was worth a cheer. 
I'm sat here looking stupid now because the three of you are just looking at me clapping and going, yay. Well, you said Alabama. We're off. Okay. Has been collecting <laughs> dolls since she was eight and got her first haunted doll at the age of 12. She believes the doll called Violet was haunted by the spirit of a little girl called Angie who died in the 1500s. When I first got her, I had a vision in my sleep about how she passed away, she said. The little girl Angie was with her. F- Angie, of course, coming from the word angel. Angie. Angie, no, angel. <laughs> the little girl Angie, coming from the word orange juice, was with her family having dinner and someone came in. I'm assuming from the dream they were shot or something. What, in the 1500s? Because all I saw was them sat at the dinner table and a loud crash and then an image of the doll in a puddle of blood. If that's the 1500s, not every person is going to have access to firearms. You see where we're going? Bow and arrow. Yes, but there was a large bang. It's one of those exploding bow and arrows. (laughs) She said, I found her in the middle of the floor, face up in the same position as she was in the dream. So she's had a dream. Mm -hmm. She's seen the spirit inside the doll from the 1500s has given her this image in her dream. And when she woke up, the doll was in the same position that she saw the little girl dead in, in the puddle of blood. Are we keeping up with this? Mm -hmm. It was pretty exciting. I don't get easily scared when things like this happen, but they happen quite a lot. (sighs) I tell all of my dolls they're safe now. They don't need to feel afraid anymore. She said she has no reason to believe Violet is evil, but two other dolls are, if not evil, very negative. Not evil just negative in the same way jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy were just very negative if people wish to see the creepy dolls and the lady from alabama (laughs) who's having fights with her husband in the middle of the night with the gi joe army going on there they need to visit our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee kim what have you got tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings police son blames imaginary person for killing evil mother Hylia homicide detectives have arrested a man for killing his own mother, who he referred to as being evil. We've all thought about it, haven't we, to be fair? (laughs) I've never met his mother, but you know. (laughs) The body of Lourdes Garcia, 58, was discovered Thursday night by family members in her Hylia apartment. She lived in the apartment with her son, William Garcia, 36. According to the arrest affidavit, Lourdes Garcia had multiple signs of trauma on her body and what appeared to be burn marks on her arms. The bedroom had been set on fire and bloodstains were visible on the floor and walls of the bedroom, as well as bloody foot impressions. Her son, William, was found in Pembroke Pines. The police report states he had burn marks to his arms and the shoe pattern impressions he wore were consistent with the evidence on the scene. He told police, according to the report, there was an imaginary person by the name of Cormega who stabbed the victim numerous times, attempted to remove her eyes, and set the bed on fire. Jeez, what are they drinking there? <clears throat> Where's this taking place? Do we have a... Do we have Hylia? A t- Where's that? I believe Florida. 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 I'm not sure. Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly it can turn, right? Uh, he told the police he tried to put out the fire. And which is how he suffered burns to his arms. He also told the police he was there when Garcia was killed, but referred to her as Lords because she wasn't his mother because she was evil. Lords Garcia had just celebrated her birthday three days earlier, and William Garcia is charged with second degree murder and arson. Wow. Fred would have a field day with that. An absolute field day. The psychoanalytic study of the Victorian period. Did he not say the Oedipus complex 
you know, about yes, the idea of wanting to get it on with your mother, doing the wild thing with your mum. But in, in the Greek mythology, you know, when he gets it on with his mother, he's so distraught, he then, you know, takes his own eyes out. So you see where we're going. There's a there's oh, the similarities oh is where God, we are. Yeah. More research needs to be done. I have one last story in the round of ghosts and hauntings. It says spooky security camera shows evil ghosts throwing supermarket food at shoppers. This terrifying footage shows the moment food packets were sent flying through the air by what frightened shoppers believe was a poltergeist. The film posted to YouTube by Alfredo Alvarez shows boxes mysteriously... Alfredo in a supermarket? Alfredo Spaghetti shows boxes (laughs) mysteriously tumbling off shelves across the store as scared staff and customers look on. Baffled customers are heard trying and failing to find an explanation for what made the mayonnaise move. (laughs) Before the end of the recording, one of the customers reported that she felt the presence of a spectral being. The video is already going viral on social media, which has fueled speculation of whether ghosts and ghouls actually exists. What made the mayonnaise move by Adrian Lee? I'm going to write a whole series of books based on tonight's stories. They should be children's books. I'm haunted by condiments. I was uh, scratched by ketchup in the night and I was scared by vinegar strokes. There we go. Fabulous. I shall end the round on four glorious points. We run into the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. (laughs) Heather's worn herself out. You can go first there. What have you got for me tonight in the round of green men and hairy birds? Beasties. I have a Jedi. A Jedi, like yes. Return of the Jedi. Oh my God, went to Walmart, saw the little Yoda, loved him. He's now reduced, isn't he? That was the Christmas toy this year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's now been reduced from $160 to like 70 yeah. This is the Yoda you talk to and he recognizes your voice. And Yeah, and you can do the force thing and he pushes back. It's just you can amazing. Do, he basically gives you Jedi training. He does. He? So if you put your hand out and show him the force, it kind of it pushes him backwards. <laughs> so you're training up kids yes. in the comfort of their own bedroom. To be Jedi's. To tidy their own room without them having to raise a finger. I'm raising a family of Jedi. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, I've got a trekker who's taking a photograph of Yeti footprints or Yeti. That's a Yeti, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve Barry encountered a mysterious set of single file tracks on a steep mountain slope in Bhutan. The 66-year-old had been trekking along a remote pass in the Himalayan mountains when he came across the trail, which was situated only yards away from an impassable chasm. The local people said we were the first ever to set foot on that pass, he said. I had always thought that the stories about the Yeti were a bit of old bunkum. Bunkum. I, I love that word. Utter bunkum. Tosh and bunkum. That's yeah. the giddy limit. I say, madam. What does bunkum mean? That's outrageous. It means the giddy limit. <laughs> it's tosh. Utter what? tosh. Piffle, madam. Speak in American. It's like 1940s English war films. <laughs> I say, look, Jerry's bought it. Bunkum. Bandits at three o'clock. <laughs> I like the bunkum. I might have to use that. You've got to add the word tosh. It's utter tosh and bunkum. It's not in here. I can't add it. Okay. <laughs> but there is no denying that these tracks actually existed. The prints were clearly visible with the naked eye from where we were standing on a pass at about 17,800 feet. 
There was a vertical drop in front of us, not to mention a very serious mountainside to cross, so we could not get to them. Not everyone is convinced, however, that the prints represent evidence of the abominable snowman. I said abominable. You did. I've had a lot of practice at that word, and I, I can now say abominable. I have to think about it, but it's you there. Do, you do. I have to focus. I had sweat running down my forehead when I tried to get. I knew the word was imminent. Isn't um, that remarkable when it's the anniversary of all those footprints all over Devon mm-hmm. in the snow from 1855, and you're saying the same things happened here? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I. Now that he goes on to actually say that, I think that the chances of these prints being from anything more interesting are negligible. And it is certainly not a bipedial higher primate. A bipedial higher primate? Yes. yes. Human then. Yes. The center of gravity for such an animal would mean it just wouldn't be able to venture up a mountain like that. Now, this is actually coming from the cryptozoologist John Downs. He actually thinks it was a mountain goat other than a large humanid. Hominid, humanid. humanid. He <laughs> you thinks know it's the humididor. How can you confuse the prince of a mountain goat with a hominid? One has toes and one has right. hooves. Well, I think it's because they couldn't get close enough to actually see the tracks, but they had a picture of the tracks online. And from what I could tell, it did look like somebody was just stepping through the snow. It didn't look like goat tracks. Someone stopped. They've gone into the woods for a wee. They've come back again. I don't Someone's think come so. through afterwards and thought, oh, hominid. Look, it's a trucker. Hominid. <laughs> this is where we are, is it? <laughs> hominid. You say hominid. No, I say hominid. Let's call the whole thing off. I'm confused. I have a story here that's a fabulous segue because it has elements of ghosts, elements of cryptozoology, and it also contains a goat. So just there, Yay! I need to get points. It says, terrified homeowner chased out of Britain's most haunted house by satanic goat. Britain's most haunted house is up for sale after its owners say it, it's been traumatized by the ghost of a satanic goat. Vanessa Mitchell, 43, was unaware that the cottage known as the cage. If you buy a cottage known as the cage. Surely some sort of historical research is required at that point. Would you not think? I think so. Was haunted when she moved there in 2004. Vanessa from St. Ossif in Essex. By the way, St. Ossif is the best hangman score ever. If you're playing hangman, St. Ossif, spelled O-S-Y-T-H, has got to be the game of hangman's holy grail, isn't it? You're going to win every time with that word, is what I'm saying. It only contains one vowel, and that's the O at the front. Okay, claims to have seen numerous ghostly figures being pushed over whilst heavily pregnant, smacked on the bottom, oh madam, and even seen blood splatters appear on the floor. The property, which was formerly a medieval prison, they always make really good homes, don't they? There's medieval prisons, hosted one of England's most famous witch hunts where eight women died after being accused in the 16th century. Vanessa has kept her cursed cottage for 11 years, making her the second longest lasting owner, with previous buyers selling the property in under four years. She is now putting the cage up for auction after a picture has been revealed that shows what she says is the face of a satanic goat, an animal that some believe represents Satan and could confirm an evil force haunts the house. 
Vanessa, who works in sales, said the face spotted on the picture and security footage is the spitting image of a satanic devil. Vanessa Mitchell was unaware her cottage was haunted when she moved there in 2004. How can you not know? How can you not know that used to be a medieval prison where plague victims and witches were hung and it's called the cage? Surely this would ring some bells somewhere. That's like saying, I've just bought a residence. It's an underground bunker in Berlin and had one previous owner. And I didn't know how if Hitler killed himself there. How can you not know this? Well, another question would be, why is she promoting that when she's trying to sell it? Yes, this is also key, of course. She's not going to get many bidders, I'm guessing. Unless Zach Baggins wants to go on that one as well. <laughs> I honestly believe the house is cursed. I have lived there for years, but for me, seeing a tall, dark figure standing between me and my son's cot was the final straw. Footage from the past couple of weeks shows the picture of a satanic goat, which just reaffirms that the place is haunted by something malevolent. Or something ruminant. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's something evil in there. Something demonic. Whatever it is. It's keeping the other spirits trapped inside and I have a lot of carrots going missing from my kitchen at the moment. I was never warned about the paranormal activity in the house when I bought it and I think I was drawn to it to try and help the house. The house has always constantly been up for sale before I bought it. It's a lovely house in a perfect location in a nice quaint village but what's in the house makes people move in. In at least six months they move out again. A couple of hundred years ago, one man bought the cage for £150 and sold it for £50 less shortly after and got rid of it. I'm selling the house now because the house is getting worse. We're, this is a great ad for the house, isn't it? This is what you want to want to hear when you're looking for a property to buy, isn't it? How much does she want for it? It doesn't say at the moment. Oh, 148000 she bought it for in 2004. That's about, what, $180,000, $190,000? She said she was unaware of its haunted history. She said every psychic, every medium, every paranormal investigator has been in there to try and get rid of whatever it is, and this has not helped. Since then, she's been researching the history of the former prison and found out about plague victims sent there to die, along with modern-day suicides as well in the house. She's not helping herself, It's <laughs> like Annie. a Stephen King novel, isn't it? God. I've had enough of the spooky residence, and the recent devil goat picture has led me to finally put it on the market. So if you want to buy a house where goat pellets will be found on your carpet first thing in the morning, you know where to go. And you can look at that story, and you can see the picture of the demonic, satanic goat on our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? First, I'm going to ask how many points you're giving yourself for the segue. Uh, I think I'll give myself two, so I'm up to six now. But thank you okay. for asking. I've forgotten. Okay. Then I get two for my segue. That's not necessarily how it works, <laughs> but let's hear it. Come on. Mythical creature, chupacabra, or locally known as Sigbin, captured in Cebu. Perfect. You can have up to six as well. <laughs> Isn't chupacabra a cup of coffee in Spanish? Chip of coffee. Yeah, chip of coffee. <laughs> We'll get letters. Again, that's Heather Morris, if the lawyers are listening. <laughs> Just recently, a photo of a chupacabra, or locally known in the Philippines as Sigbin, is making the rounds online. For some, it is hard to believe that such a creature truly exists. We used to think these are just one of those nightmarish creatures that our parents would tell us about so we wouldn't stay late outside. But it is hard to just shake off the evidence that one netizen posted on Facebook to prove the existence of Sigbin. 
Sigbin has varying descriptions linked to its name. Some claim that it looks like a goat with no horns. Uh huh. Other accounts describe it having spiky spines at the back and reptilian skin. In some parts of Latin America, they are believed to attack animals, especially goats, which gave them the alternate name Goat Sucker. Goat Sucker. <laughs> Chupacabra wow. originated with the discovery of some dead goats in Puerto Rico with puncture wounds in their necks and their blood allegedly drained. It is purportedly a heavy creature, the size of a small bear, with a row of spines reaching from the neck to the base of the tail. According to biologists and wildlife management officials, the chupacabra is an urban legend. However, the videos and photos that are spreading online say otherwise. You can be the judge. So they found an animal that they believe is a chupacabra, or their equivalent of. Yes. And it's not a mangy bear, you don't think? Is this available to see? Can we see this image? Go ahead, Heather. Yes, it's a mangy bear. It's a mangy bear. You've shut down Kim's story straight off the bat. Yep. Well, it's a bear with mange. Yep. And that happens to look like a goat with scales, does it? doesn't look like a goat. looks like a bear with mange. <laughs> bear with mange. Yogi <laughs> bear with mange. Yep, got an itching problem. Oh, no. That's terrible. <laughs> so the reptilian look would be where the mange has fallen off. Yeah, that's terrible if anyone Poor wants to see bear. i know it's not good news it's dead isn't it no it was alive it was alive it was it like a monkey with mange so it's now oh, like no. it's one of them <laughs> monkey goat bears that you read so much about is yeah. it you're edging your bets there aren't you to be fair you've covered a lot of species haven't you i have a story here in the round of ufos and cryptozoology that says alien hunters claim to spot massive ufo sucking energy from the sun a strange glowing orb has been captured on camera floating around the sun, with UFO hunters claiming it is further proof of aliens. Footage taken from NASA's Helio Viewer has been seized on by conspiracy theorists who believe recent images show a mysterious spherical object sucking rays from the Earth's primary energy source. Primary energy source? I was under the impression there's only one. Where have I missed? The no, sun, you're right. the sun, it says mm. sucking rays from the Earth's primary energy source. Did I miss secondary? What's thirdary? Wind. Wind, is it? Mm hmm. I've, 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 Baffled. I find that remarkable. <laughs> UFO hunter Tyler Glockner, who runs YouTube channel Secure Team 10, claimed the video shows a ball a hundred times the size of the Earth attaching itself to the sun before flying off. He compared the footage to similar pictures taken in 2012 when he asserts he showed a similar dome sucking plasma from the sun before finally detaching and flying away. I take their word over everybody else's, he adds. Magnetic bands do not form in a perfect sphere, which then seems to suck other plasma from the sun and then detaches and flies away into outer space, he says. As ever, the video has divided believers and skeptics. One commentator has written, sounds legit, guys, while another said, can we get something a wee bit more solid? When we become solid, you know you're living in Minnesota in the winter. <laughs> You can think about it. I've got time. But YouTube user Tyler hit back by saying, Aliens don't exist. It's like scooping a cup of water out of the ocean, getting no fish, and then saying, well, I guess fish don't exist then. You'd at least get some plankton, wouldn't you, or a few microbes. I disagree with that statement. Mm. If people wish to see the giant ball a hundred times bigger than the Earth... Look up in the sky? Sucking plasma <laughs> from... Christ... That's not something you do very often, is it? 
You work in dark places, don't you? Yes. You wander out, blinking and saying, what's that strange orange the ball? The light, it burns. Burns your eyes. <laughs> Where do you find your men? In very damp places. <laughs> if people wish to see that, they're more than welcome to do so on our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got tonight there for UFOs and cryptozoology? Was the X-Files almost shut down by the FBI? Series creator Chris Carter claims that he once thought the real FBI was going to shut him down. It was one of the most popular TV shows of the 90s, and now, thanks to the creation of six all-new episodes, the adventures of the FBI agents Mulder and Scully are once again in the limelight. According to creator Chris Carter, however, the original series might have never even got off the ground following a series of events that led him to wonder whether the conspiracy theories being explored in the show might be closer to reality than he had previously believed. When I wrote the pilot, I called the FBI to do some research. And they were nice enough, but didn't really give me the time of day, he said. Then as we got close to airing, the FBI called and said, Who are you and what are you doing? And for a second, I thought it was going to be the long arm of the law coming in to shut me down. Carter also claimed that he had been contacted by someone mysterious during the show's run. I had someone come up to me during the original run who said they worked in some high place in a secret government agency. They said that we were very close to the truth. Wow. When I think back of some of the X-File episodes, if they then say that they're very close to the truth, there were some really creepy ones. There was. There yes. was monsters. There was things trapped in pipes and little Fiji mermaids coming out of people's Fiji stomachs. Fiji mer- That was one of my favorite episodes. That was the first episode, wasn't it, with the Jigsaw Man where they were there? Oh, yeah. And yeah. he would eat raw fish. That's right. And the little yeah. Fiji mermaid came out of the man's belly and would scuttle around. Ew. That was, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be corrected, but I'm sure that was the first episode of the X Files. Nice. I'd almost lay money on that. I remember sitting watching that with my parents back in Britain on back in and the you day. You loved Gillian, didn't you? Yes, yes. I I have got. A, I did have a crush on Gillian Anderson. I loved David. Yes, unfortunately, Gillian Anderson wouldn't be interested in me, which was a big disappointment. I also grew up fancying Joan Jett as well, by the way. I had a crush on Joan Jett, and I also then discovered that she wouldn't necessarily be (laughs) interested in me either. There's been one disappointment (laughs) after another. I just wish my fantasy women would just like men, would be a start. At least I'm, you know. Did it matter? At least I'm, you'd like to think, (laughs) at some point you'd like to think, wouldn't you, in a fantasy scenario. My fantasy women. You can still imagine. (laughs) Really? I like the idea that there might be some gold at the end of the tunnel, but that's never going to happen. Gold at the end of the tunnel. I don't know what what you... leprechaun have you been running around? <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there. <laughs> we are now into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. I'm going to put that picture up of you with your leprechaun oh, hat on. Do it. Yes, many. <laughs> there is a story to be had here. This needs to be told live on air. <laughs> You thought it would be funny several years yes, ago. I did. If you got, what was it, a, back to midgets again. This show's obsessed with midgets and dwarves. You've got a photograph of a midget yes. wearing a St. Patrick's Day leprechaun uniform. With a 10-gallon leprechaun hat. All in green. Yep. And he's got midget fingers. Tiny little They're midget fingers. They're very small. And chubby. Everything's in proportion. Yes. So what you thought you would do yes. on Photoshop mm-hmm. is to Photoshop my head absolutely onto a leprechaun midget. It was fabulous. It was very funny. It was funny. Now, do you know what the worst part for me is? It's the best part for me. Go on. I've got a cousin. 
I've got a cousin in Britain. If she's out there, I'll give her a big hello to her and her husband, Kevin and Catherine. Catherine, if you're out there, I don't know if you remember doing this, but underneath she wrote, nice hat, Adrian. And I'm thinking, boy, how does she think that's me? It's got midget fingers and a midget body. I know I've not seen you for a couple of years. I'm six foot two. She hadn't noticed that you had superimposed my head onto a midget. It's because I did a darn good job. You did do a very good job. <laughs> Unbelievable. We will put that out there. That's March, though. We're going to have to is, wait for yeah, that one. We'll we've just we've weeks. just penetrated February. We're not we're not going to get into March just yet. We're in the round of the strange and the bizarre, the strange. stories from around the week that are too strange and too bizarre, not to fit into any other category, but are too fabulous not to read out live on air. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a 20-year-old woman that thinks she's a cat. Can we play the loony cards again? Yes, you can. The woman, who goes by the name of Nano, claims that she is a cat and she was born in the wrong body. Does she lick her bits by any chance? Oh, God, gross. Is she, is she coughing up furballs? Well, maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, well, she's a Norwegian. Okay. That well, doesn't help saying, me. They don't, they, that's not a land that's known for well, dressing up as cats. She discovered her particular trait at the age of 16 and she has since then adopted numerous feline mannerisms and claims that she has become terrified of water. So cats, therefore, she's a cat. Cats don't like water. Yes. If she went in a cat litter tray, though, and you came down in the morning. Oh, God, I don't even think it says that in here, but I didn't even think do you think she's she doing, does. She's doing her business in a litter tray. Wait until you hear some of no, the stuff she does. You're bleary-eyed. You've stumbled out of bed. You're going to put the cat along because you want a cup of tea to start your day. You're wandering around the kitchen. You look down. Can you imagine if she's done her business in the letter tray? Oh. You'd think a lion had been in there. Oh. A lion or a tiger, at least. Oh, she said, I realized I was a cat when I was 16 when the doctors and psychologists found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. What was the thing with me? She said, under my birth, there was a genetic defect. What her mother had been doing at the zoo? This is what I want to uh, know. Nano maintains that her feline status has granted her superior senses, which uh, is enabling her to see in the dark and to pick up faint sounds that other people are unable to hear. Well, that doesn't constitute being a cat. I want to I find someone who thinks they're a dog and I want to see the two run around a house wrecking it. That would be hilarious. So basically, though, you're saying she's hearing voices. <laughs> she's hearing voices and she thinks she can see in the dark, which some people can see a little better in the dark. That's nothing surprising. She actually runs around and she wears a pair of cat ears on her head and also an artificial tail. That okay. she fastens to her waistband. She's fairly benign, though, isn't she? She's not going to cause anyone any problems. Well, she goes outside for walks, and she likes to hiss at dogs that she meets on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Is she going to let me rub her chest? <laughs> she said, it's because of their behavior, and my instinct automatically reacts by hissing. It's also obvious that I'm a cat when I start purring and meowing. Um, and walking around on four legs and stuff like that, you know. Um, she said, my psychologist told me that I can grow out of it, but I doubt it. I think I'll be a cat all my life. There's going to be some lucky guy marrying her, isn't yeah, there, in the yeah, near yeah, future? Yeah, yeah. Well, there yeah, is that man that is actually doing 
um, surgeries, cosmetic surgeries That's to true. turn oh, yeah, himself into him. a cat. That's true. Yes, he's a, he, he's wrecked his body. This poor man, isn't he? That is true. That's taking it to the next level, isn't it? Yes, That's, we're going back to circus freaks here, aren't we? Yes, this is where yes, we, we are. are. I've got a story that says builders terrified after finding this behind a hundred-year-old heating vent. Workmen often have to put up with the most bizarre things while they're undertaking their day-to-day tasks. But this guy got the fright of his life when he discovered a creepy Ouija board hiding behind a heating vent. The boards, which have been around since at least 1100 AD in China, are said to be used to contact the spirit world and are often linked to the occult. And the discovery of this old-fashioned item, to believe to be a hundred years old, certainly caused this workman some concern after it was hidden away behind a wall. Ouija first rose to prominence in 1848 when two sisters, Kate and Margaret Fox, said they'd contacted the spirit of a peddler in Hydesville, New York. The pair shot to fame, becoming celebrities thanks to their ability to channel the spirit world, and the whole concept became a trend. Didn't they do table tipping as well? Yes, and all the business with the trumpets and the drums and the trampoline and the bells. We've got a lot of themes running through tonight's show, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Cats. Goats. Pawn? I missed the pawn. Where was I when the pawn was mentioned? At first, it spread across the United States and then hysteria headed to Europe where the modernist spiritualism concept came to fruition. The personal Ouija began to become popular in 1891 when they were advertised in newspapers as the wonderful talking boards. In the adverts, they promised to be able to reveal all about the past, present and future with marvellous accuracy and added that they offer never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. See, both working classes and upper classes can be damned, apparently. While it's unknown where exactly the board was found, the workman who found it posted the image on Reddit and was certainly creeped out by the find. We often find Ouija balls, don't we, in thrift yes, shops. Do. I find it remarkable that they're in the kids' section. So someone's used them, they're second-hand, and there they are in the thrift shop in between a game of life, Monopoly, and scruples. I find the whole thing very strange and very bizarre. Didn't you just find a game maybe a week ago called the Psychic Circle or something Yes, weird that was like a that? modern. I tend to buy them just so other people don't get their hands on them and use mm-hmm. them. I will buy anything I find that looks anything remotely like a Ouija board. So I can squirrel them away. See, you said the word <laughs> squirrel's going to get me a point there. I'm up to seven. <laughs> I'm going to think you're nuts. Well, I don't want kids to be using them. So I'd rather keep hold of them, put them in the basement out of the way and not let anyone get to them. I, I would hate for someone to buy that and inherit some sort of spirit or some sort of ghost because someone's messed around with them. They're secondhand. You don't know who's had them before you and what's gone on with them, do you? Mm-mm. Find that remarkable. Kim, you can finish tonight's show for me in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. A York man banned from having sex unless he gives the police 24 hours notice. Wow. That must be, well, they've got to close the roads down. He's so good at it that the neighbors smoke when he's finished. <laughs> a York man has been banned from having any form of sexual activity with a woman unless he tells the police 24 hours in advance. He is also subject to controls on his use of the Internet and must tell the police about every phone and device that he has that he could use for accessing the Internet or calling or texting people. It's going to get dark now, isn't it? I can tell. My psyche, yeah, you're nudging at me. Yeah, it's going to get dark. (laughs) 
The restrictions are part of an interim sexual risk order and will continue until May 19th when York magistrates will decide whether to make a full order and if so, for how long. Can you imagine if you've gone down the pub, you're doing really well with a woman, you've bought her a few drinks, she's laughing at your jokes, she's mirroring your body language, things are going very well. You think, hang on a second, I'll only be two minutes, I've got to call the police just in case, edging my bets making sure I'm going to get one in early just so I've got the opportunity. Wow. If you say to the police, can you imagine, hello, this is York Police Station, how may I help you, sir? Yes, I'm just about to pull. I thought I'd better let you know. You know, give me a couple of minutes and we'll see where we are. Can you get into credit? Could you ring up beforehand and get into credit? You've got one in the bank, sir. Go for it. It's on us. Have it on us. No? Not work. Not going to work. Nope, because he has to provide the name of the woman. Wow. It's your wife, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Under the interim order of the man who cannot be named for legal reasons, plans to start a sexual relationship of any kind with a woman or to have one off sexual activity with any woman, he has to contact North Yorkshire police and tell them who the woman is. It's Heather Morris. It's two R's. (laughs) M-O, two R's, I-S. (laughs) Wow. She's had a Bacardi breezer. (laughs) No, leave my bang on. (laughs) He must do this 24 hours before the sexual act occurs. 24 hours? God, that's some spade work you're going to have to put in there, isn't it, to keep that hot for 24 hours? You may have fallen out of interest in 24 hours. She be, No, she may have fallen out of interest. Yes. Or he may or she may have sobered up by that time and like, eh, never mind. Well, the tr- tr- trick is to keep them drugged then, isn't it? I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> the full sexual risk orders last for a minimum of two years. Oh, God. And breaching an order can lead to a prison sentence of up to five years. Can you imagine getting five years in prison for not giving the police 24 hours notice of a girl you're going to get, Paul? Who's going to know? How do they know? What are they going to if he just does if he just practices the physical arts, doesn't tell anyone? How are the police going to know? That's what I'm saying. How are they going to? I, don't I just know. there's more questions than answers, isn't there? We now move into the final round that is called Not For Your Mother. If your mother's in the room, if you have small children or minors, they need to be removed. This is the Dwarves. round. Dwarves. Little dwarves. Little dwarves. Anything else they're not allowed to listen to this part of the show? Just dwarves. Just dwarves. Apparently, (laughs) if you're a mother, it's interesting that you should say small minors because, you know, I'm thinking of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's right. Exactly where we are. (laughs) If you have any small men in your house with pointy hats of different colours carrying pickaxes, you may want to remove them. From the room, your mind works in very strange ways, doesn't it? Heather, you can start the round of Not For Your Mother tonight. All right. Detroit Topless Bar's Dwarf Toss. (laughs) It's a topless bar. Event enrages thousands. There's an event. We've missed it, have we? Well, maybe there's another one coming up. It's a dwarf toss. I'd have to have, it'd have to be a big incentive to get in the car and drive through the winter blizzards to Detroit. But if you say topless bar and dwarf tossing, I'm there. (laughs) I think that's worth the journey. (laughs) There reaches a point where it's worth the journey. (laughs) While driving down Ford Road in Detroit, drivers might do a double take when they see a sign posted outside the Toy Chess Strip Club that reads Dwarf Toss Returns. To be fair, if it was just topless bar, I wouldn't go. If it was just dwarf tossing, I wouldn't go. 
It's a topless bar oh. with dwarf tossing. This is like double trouble for I you, know, isn't it? I know, everything you want. You haven't gotten past your first sentence yet. <laughs> what? No. Topless I'm, bar? I'm just thinking, you know, the dwarves are going to be roughly the same height. If there's a topless woman serve, you see where we're going with this? No, we're not throwing a dwarf onto a topless woman. No, That's I'm not, not how it works. saying that. I'm saying if there's women working there that are topless... If if gravity has taken hold a little bit and there's a dwarf. What are you trying to say? It's going to be looking him in the eye. I have a picture with a dwarf somewhere. Yes, I see you getting oiled up with a dwarf. Bad boy Brian, wasn't it, if my memory serves me right? <laughs> Maybe. I saw you getting it on with bad boy Brian. I've got the Polaroid <laughs> pictures to prove it. I don't believe you. I'm going to post it on Facebook. (laughs) Don't you dare. Uh, The Topless Bar (laughs) plans to hold a contest where people throw a little person up against a soft Velcro wall. It's getting them them off that's the problem. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You're grounded. It's all the talk of tossing. I can't help it. Uh, as the little people of America community, we have worked so hard for such a long time to make sure little people aren't treated as objects. And then more questions and answers with Adrian Lee comes along and ruins everything. Ruins, it's ruined. Uh, that we are people first, little second, and this dwarf tossing objectifies us. Third. <laughs> it, it, it makes little people objects, Denise Wood. Head of the Motor City chapter said, so there's a Motor City chapter for dwarves. I did not know that. Um, There is actually a petition circulating to end these types of games already, and it has more than 3,000 signatures. Seven Action News tried to contact the toy chest owner, who apparently will hold a similar contest at his Windsor strip club over the weekend. So you better get there. He's got a collection. He's got a collection of nightclubs. He oh, might, yes, and dwarves. That he's got on a retainer. Yes. Okay. What's the difference between the dwarves getting a part in a film or a play for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? I don't know. I don't understand. Because they're using their height. For... Didn't, didn't they have this over in England and weren't the dwarves upset? Because they were getting paid a lot of money to do it and they were happy to do it. Yeah, the dwarves were upset because people were employing small children to do the work and they're saying, you're taking work away from us. Yeah. But there is a strip club. There is, there is, do you know you get the Chippendales over here? Oh, yeah. In Britain, we have the Crippendales and it's disabled people and midgets uh-huh. taking their clothes off. Yes. Yes, okay. It's all there for you. If you want to see it, it's the Crippendales. Every time I think of midgets, I think of Midget Ramsey. Yes, it was a very sad story oh. about the midget that looked like Gordon Ramsay and ended up getting killed in a... Rest in peace, Midget Ramsay. ...in a badger hole of all things. <laughs> anyway, the to- toy chest owner has not returned our calls, but a member of Little People of America say they do not understand how others can find this event amusing. I'm sorry, it is very amusing. I've been to midget wrestling, even very amusing. That's where I met bad boy Brian. Yes, and I've still got the photographs. <laughs> he was in proportion. I don't know that. How do you? <laughs> I needed the money and I was young. Uh, what's the point of tossing a person? There are lots of things that can be tossed and it doesn't have to be a person. Why can't they throw themselves against the Velcro wall? What about people that think they're cats? That would be a good start. Yeah, what about let's some, throw her against the wall. Someone's doll collection. That's right. Keep going. Goats. Yeah. Hurrah. <laughs> a protest. A mangy bear. Yeah. <laughs> a protest will take place outside of the strip club Friday when the event is scheduled to happen. 
dwarf tossing contests are already banned in some states. I don't understand. If you're happy to do it, it's not like you're enslaving the dwarves to do it. It's not like you've grabbed them off the street and you're forcing them at gunpoint to throw themselves against a the wall, I guess. Right. But isn't this – this is ridiculous because, you know, in America, you're told it's the land of the free. And here they are putting in place legislature that stop people having free will. Well, a lot of them can't find typical jobs. You're not going to find them on a factory line. You're not going to probably find them walking a mail route because it'll be too long for them. Well, they wouldn't be able to reach the mailboxes. Yeah, that's probably very true. Disneyland well. would be their only opportunity, surely. Oh, or good f- God. Or they could stand at the end of the runway and go, look, it's the plane, it's the plane. Adrian Edward. <laughs> It's very limited work is where we are. (laughs) I have a story that said, would this bizarre machine stop you having drunk sex? You can't drive if you've had one too many. And now you won't be able to have sex either. The world's first breathalyzer activated condom vending machine was launched to help you hold back when you've had too much. Most men and women revealed that they like the way getting drunk lessens their inhibitions before sex. With some thinking that they perform better and that their partner becomes more adventurous in the sack. In a bid to encourage sober sex, the dating website invented Johnny Be Good to judge how boozed up you are before letting you have a free condom. Johnny so Be Good. without one. Johnny Be Good. And he can play a guitar just like a ring in a bell. Uh, the impulse is to calm the nervous <sighs> system by consuming alcohol. After blowing on the panel, it gives you... <laughs> I'm looking How at how many the, women are in the panel. I don't know what is you and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> After blowing on the panel, it gives you a reading from teetotal to game over. But you'll only be allowed a condom if you're under the legal driving limit. The gadget has popped up in the Brass Monkey Pub in London, Victoria. If you fancy paying it a visit, with potential to be rolled out across the country. Madeline Mason, dating psychologist, said the feeling of fear and anxiety usually lies behind the lack of confidence people are experiencing, which from a psychological perspective is an activation of the nervous system. Breathing and heartbeats speed up, creating a form of arousal. The impulse is to calm the nervous system down by consuming alcohol. Condoms from a dispenser. What funny tasting chewing gum, but wow. What bubbles? That's ridiculous. I don't How's agree that? with that thing at all. If you breathe on it and you're under the limit, you're a fine. free condom pops out. A free one. A free one. You don't have to pay. Free. If you breathe on it and you've had too much to drink, it says, aye, aye. We're going to hold that back. You're not in a position to decide. You know. So then they go home and do it without one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that does seem ridiculous, yes. They've <laughs> not thought it through, have they? <laughs> So we're going to end up with the entire population of people that have come out of the union of people that were too drunk to get a free condom. That's right. That's I what hear saying. what you're saying. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A body seen floating off the coast of England turns out to be an inflatable sex doll. Dolls again. I bet they sent out helicopters, lifeboats, the full <laughs> works, didn't they? There's a blonde face down in the Thames. They searched for a body, but found something bawdy. Rescue crews spent 90 minutes scouring the water off the coast of England after a person was reported struggling in the water, only to find an inflatable sex doll. (laughs) An air, 
and sea search was conducted they off are. the coast of Nukwe nice. in I, Cornwall. I bet that cost 10 grand. I bet Prince William was involved. He flies one of those helicopters now, doesn't he? <laughs> Prince William <laughs> finds sex doll off the coast of Britain. Oh, no. A fisher reported the person in the water. The Royal National Lifeboat Institution, or RNLI, mm-hmm. there recovered the doll in Nukwe Bay. An inflatable doll is very light. It scoots across the surface of the water, so it was some way from where we started our search. She must be a very busy woman because it said three working offices on the box. (laughs) 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 I've got time. I can wait. (laughs) The doll was dressed in polka dot pants and a T-shirt. Sweet. Oh, somebody had some weird taste. <laughs> Authorities were thankful that the object wasn't actually a person. While the doll may have been deflated by the incident, we were happy to discover <laughs> no one was hurt. <laughs> Nuki is the home. Nuki has the best surf. Nuki? Has Nuki. the best surf in the whole of Britain. They held the world championships for surfing there. Was that body Someone's surfing? using that as a surfboard. Body surfing? I see what you've done. Yeah. It's not fun. Nuki? Nuki. Hmm. It's Nuki. It'd be funny if the place was called Nuki, but it's not. It's called Nuki. I call it Nuki. Okay. Well, you're going to the wrong place then, aren't you? <laughs> if you go to the train station and say two tickets for Nuki, please, they will not know where you're going. Oh, they might really like me then. Yes. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell you the British resort town was previously in the news for banning the Mankini male swimsuit. <gasps> Made famous by Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat character. It's a nice, I like, it's a sexy time. (laughs) And they later outlawed offensive clothing and sex toys as a means of cutting crime. It is a Wild West town. I have spent some time there when I was a surfer, and it is recidivist. There is people flying through windows. It does remind you of the Wild West in around the 1870s, is what I'm saying. It It is a bit, you wouldn't want to go around late at night. It's full of very drunk surfers. It's a very kind of Wild West type of town. So that certainly doesn't surprise me. I've just got this image of a guy on a desert island who's been stranded there for 10 years, hasn't seen a woman, has been praying and praying and praying, and that gets washed up on the beach. (laughs) Almost makes you believe God exists at that point. You're right. I asked for a blonde. It's brunette. Didn't you do a story way back when, when you were on a different radio station where they... found a ship full or crates full oh, of... Oh, wow. That's about eight or nine years I ago. I know. I remember yeah, that one. There was a container ship coming across the channel from China, one of these huge you know, container ships that take 10 miles to stop, and you walk round to the back and come back with an accent. It's a mile long. Right. And it, one, of the tra- one of the big containers, one of the big metal you know, rectangular box containers fell off the ship and it was full of blarp dolls and they were washed up all over the coast of Europe for years. This is true. But I also got into a lot of trouble on that show because a similar thing happened in the Rhine in Germany where they thought there was a body going up the Rhine River okay. and they called out the uh, uh, services. They called out the police and the uh, river police and, right. it, and it did turn out to be an inflatable doll. Oh. So this, there is some common ground there. Things are like this have happened. Of course, it's not biodegradable. That stuff lasts for hundreds of thousands thousands of years that will still be washing up on the beaches of europe after the nuclear wars and we've long since disappeared in half a million years time it doesn't biodegrade does it it's always (laughs) going to be there aliens are going to come down and find fossilized blarp dolls and think we're a very strange race indeed what have you got for me for the last story of the evening does it contain a willy uh maybe 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 is it is or is it is a willy uniformed p C 
PCSO. Do you know what that is? Say that post-traumatic stress disorder. PCSO. <laughs> Mistaken for strippogram at 50th birthday party. What is a P? A police community support officer. They thought was a stripper. Was mistaken for a strippogram when he accidentally stumbled in on a 50th birthday party in Wiltshire. He's lucky the nun didn't go in as well. Oh, the PCSO Mike Ober was on foot patrol in a Bradford-on-Avon. Bradford-on-Avon, yeah. Do you know where that's Avon's at? a river. Yeah, it's, where, uh, it's near Stratford where Shakespeare was born. Oh, well, he was on foot patrol on Saturday when he spotted an open door at a social club. So he went in to investigate. Strippers arrived. He was greeted by a group of women who went wild with excitement. Quick, put the record on. <laughs> Pour <laughs> some sugar on Thinking me. the uniform. Was, yeah, he, they thought he was the male stripper that they ordered. I'd have gone with it <laughs> and gained a couple of hundred extra dollars. I'd have thought, okay, to hell with it. I'm going to make some money. <laughs> he said that the party was about to get started and they thought I was early. And so he added, I had to beat a hasty retreat. <laughs> He was down to his, after him. He was down to his boxer shorts. They <laughs> called him Thunderbone and he was coming onto ACDC's that's, Thunderstruck. That's right. Na 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 na. <laughs> I was caught in the middle of a real routine. Thunder. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I strained something. <laughs> something popped in my neck. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Ober who is in his mid-twenties and engaged, I noticed how they had to put that in there, said the social club was not normally used at the weekend, so he decided to poke his head around the door and investigate. Uh, there were no cars in the car park, and the door was just propped open, he said. But as I went in there, there were loud cheers, and someone shouted, Oh, are you the stripogram? Strippers arrived! Yay! <laughs> Uh, after being told he was too early and to come back later, Mr. Ober walked away, passing the real stripper on his way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of personal taste, but the uniforms aren't very flattering. So I guess the mix-up is flattering, he said. But he never had Velcro on his pants. Yeah, he, they didn't come off that easy. I still think <laughs> there was, they were tugging and tugging and tugging. This doesn't work. I can't get the cuffs off. <laughs> Wow. I still think there was opportunity for him to make a bit of money on the sides where we are. Good times. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the K2 meter and the dead battery, was a very quiet Greg tonight who scored a giant zero. Heather's in third place on six. I am in second place on seven. And Kim is tonight's runaway leader with a resplendent eight points and is the winner of the $33,000 IR camera. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and remember we're now going to do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show called not for your mother that we can't put out live on air but is available on our archives if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mq 
TA Radio, you will find a round that you would not want your mother to listen to. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shaton Drainer, Kim McGregor, Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society at IntParanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota, it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.